0: Hello, welcome to the first ever Golf Foundation podcast where we aim to bring you the best of what we do on a regular basis. Um, I'm Mark Coughlin, Head of Marketing and Digital at the Foundation and I'll be your guide through each episode to all the things going on at the Foundation. Uh, Don't worry, it's not just me you'll be hearing from, I think even my mum would get bored of that episode. Um, But no, each episode we'll be talking to friends of the foundation, people who are on the ground helping to bring the game to new audiences, players who are showcasing the game at the top level, and hopefully a whole lot more entertaining content. If you don't know the Golf Foundation, then welcome to the podcast and welcome to the foundation. We're a UK charity whose goal is to introduce children to golf from all backgrounds and to create golfers. And we do this because golf can change lives even more excitingly, we are celebrating this year as it's our 70th birthday. The charity was founded back in 1952 and we are still going strong today. So we've got some big plans for this year and beyond. Check out our social channels or our website to find out more. We're at www.golf-foundation.org and you can keep up to date with all our plans for the year ahead. As I said, This is our first podcast, and I'm really excited to be launching it with a special focus on Women's Golf Day. If you don't know, and I took this blurb from the official website to make sure I got it right, Women's Golf Day involves a network of women around the world supporting golf and one another. So being all about diversity and inclusion, obviously this is something we at the Golf Foundation throw our weight behind every year. We like to celebrate women and girls in golf throughout the year, of course. But this date gives us a special focus and gives everyone a special focus, gives clubs or people in the game an excuse, if you will, almost to talk more about women in golf. To mark the date, I wanted to catch up with a few of the Golf Foundation's own female voices. So I spoke to head of fundraising Vanessa Bell, who used to be a professional player on the US and European tour before she turned her hand to the fundraising game and has got some great experiences around the game first though i grabbed our four female regional development officers to have a chat about their role in the gold foundation so i hope you enjoy and again thanks for joining us and listening to the podcast so i'm here with the female regional development officer team for the gold foundation um I'll introduce you all just to make life easier we've got stacy we've got alice we've got daisy and we've got katie all here at the belfry on one of our team day outs probably not the right phrase monthly but um, team meeting. monthly team meeting <laughs> sounds like much more word. professional <laughs> the uh, we are celebrating women's golf day on the podcast and yeah well, while we're all together i think you're obviously the experts in the field working in golf um and i wanted to get your opinion it is women's golf day coming up it's a massive day in the calendar for women in golf. How, I suppose, your thoughts on it how, how is it, how big a day is it and what's the kind of the landscape around women in golf right now?
1: Women's Golf Day is a really fantastic opportunity to be celebrating women and girls in golf, whether that's participation, leadership working. It's a really great day to try and raise the awareness and encourage more females To come into the game but also to play and be retained within the sport. I think in terms of golf as a sport we have come on leaps and bounds but I still feel we've got a long way to go and having opportunities like Women's Golf Day or projects that we're running, initiatives are really important to keep moving our sport forward. I don't know what others yeah, definitely. I think,
2: you know, having a Women in Golf Day is uh, a brilliant platform to raise the awareness of women in golf. And, you know, it's still an underrepresented group in the game, very much so the kind of percentage-wise of male and female players is very much swayed towards males still. And having a Women in Golf Day just brings that awareness back to, let's celebrate the fact that there are women in golf, there's still a need to get more into the game. But it might give clubs the inspiration or the opportunity to, to do something about it because of the women in golf day you know they might put on a particular project or a recruitment program or or do something for the women within their club
3: i really think it helps break down that perception as well that it is a malorientated sport um seeing um, women girls play sport and play golf and um, i think that's really important and the more activity we can get going that is girl specific um and we're celebrating that i only think it's a positive thing
4: there are a load of brilliant female role models out there now in the sport but I think the great thing about this day is that any female golfer at club level or whether they're not even playing golf yet can get involved in this and join in to help spread the good word about playing golf.
1: I think one thing I've really learned and particularly over the last few years is it's a, not just about women it's about bringing everybody on board mm-hmm. Um whether that's you know males, dads, parents, you know, just the whole club really need to be on board in order to change and develop, improve golf for females in the game. But for me, the ultimate would be about quality. Everyone's a golfer within the game. It doesn't matter whether you're man, woman, boy, girl, Mm -hmm. you know, golf should be for everybody. And I I think that's, that's really key for development within the
2: sport I guess the ideal is that in 10 years time we wouldn't need a women in golf day mm-hmm. because we have an eco- you know, an equality across all ages genders yeah um,
4: mm-hmm.
2: playing
0: the game so That's. I was actually just going to say that was gonna, there'd be a lot of people that would say mm-hmm. is there an argument that you don't need a women's golf day because it should be celebrated all year round or do you see it as no this is a great excuse in inverted commas to kind of to celebrate it. and it's a chance for clubs as you touched on to put on special days and do special things is it is it kind of, you see it as a positive, it's a weird way of phrasing it, but...
1: I think we still, because we often get challenges, why are we doing girls only, for example? We're still in a position in our sport where girls, women, females are, is in a minority. Yes, we've improved, but we've, as I say, the previous point, we've still got to improve. And I think that's the key reason why we are driving and having female-specific initiatives It'd be great if in 10, 20 years' time, like Katie said, we don't need that, that it, we wouldn't need a day. But but I think the key thing is we do still, because we are in a minority within our sport, and it's really important to have initiatives, stage promotional awareness in order to hopefully get to a point in the future where it will just be a sport for everybody.
3: I think it's still on a lot of people's minds when you're meeting with clubs. I still think it's something that's still brought up, how do we encourage girls? How do we encourage women? Um, so it is at the forefront of people's minds and having that day where we can go out and we can really celebrate and run events um, that can only help with that, um, I can only see it as a positive thing. And while we're still talking about it and while the clubs are still saying that there's a need and want for um, more women, more um, girls within the sport, um, I only think that it's a good thing and I think that it's needed because we're all still talking
4: about it. Mm-hmm. And where there are maybe fewer women playing in certain clubs, days like this, they're able to network. You know, see other things on social media, make sure that they understand they are part of a bigger network of female golfers um, across the world, really.
0: And what's the kind of, you know, you're at the the forefront every day with these clubs out and about seeing them. I suppose what are the biggest challenges? Is a kind of yeah, a loose word, I suppose, but that clubs are seeing not to get girls into golf, but when girls are playing in terms of, I don't, I don't know, is it kind of, is it dress code side of things? Is it people not wanting to play for specific, the different tee boxes? What, what are the kind of, I suppose, the most interesting debates at the moment around that kind of side of things?
1: I think there's not one answer to that. Um, again, trying to be positive. We have moved forward, but we've still got challenges and barriers we need to overcome as a sport. I think where clubs are putting on opportunities for everyone to come in place for example competitions rather than having, you know, a weekday evening or one day for example on a Tuesday or a Thursday within the women's section, which is a competition, girls and women can enter, but girls can't access that because generally they're at school, you know, obviously and S on school holidays. But I think where we've got events and activities that girls can access at times that are accessible to them okay. I think dress codes, again, we've moved forward, but we've still got to try and look at how we can improve that. Um, and golf is coming forward. There's some organisations, companies out there that do offer, you know, clothing that is attractive, um, sort of fashionable that girls will want to access. Again, I still think we've got some headway to go with that. Getting course access. For me, one of the biggest things is about Girls being accepted, welcomed, integrated within the club. Um, and club culture for me is the biggest one. If we yeah. can challenge that, I
0: yeah. think we will
1: really move forward within golf. I think as organisations, we're trying to drive the female side of the game forward for women and girls. But we need clubs on board to be able to do that. We need people to come with us on that journey. Definitely, yeah. yeah.
2: I think as well, like we can give all the advice. We can give all of our experiences that we've had in golf and best practices that we've heard from other golf clubs. But at the end of the day, it comes down to that individual golf club and also kind of not generalizing the needs and wants of every girl. You know, we might like to think we we know as a junior specialist organization, what girls want and what would make them come to golf. But that's so, all girls are individuals and we shouldn't generalize them and group them all together and encouraging clubs to ask their girls what they want um, give them a voice within their club to what would make them comfortable what do they want to wear who do they want to play competitions with what times of the week what days of the week work best for them and I, I think this is a junior issue in general is that we're not giving juniors a voice enough within a club especially girls
1: I would say as well that's within the girls retention pilots yeah. we've done one of the best elements that came out of that is that girls had a voice mm-hmm. And we're able to feed feedback and input into what they actually want in the club, mm-hmm. and I think that's one of the biggest learnings that we can take from that going forward.
4: So I think it's a really, really good point. Mm-hmm. One of those projects I can remember. Um, a big talking point was the sort of clubhouse itself and the environment and the girls feeling comfortable within that space because it is still such a masculine environment, even if clubs say they're welcoming and generally the people are actually feeling comfortable within. The Clubhouse space and knowing their way around, being happy to sit down in a corner where they may or may not be with people they know. Definitely. It's really important that they get to feel like they're welcome there. And yeah, sometimes just the way places are laid out, the sort of pictures on the wall, it all influences male dominated. Intim- I mean, even like as a yeah. female,
2: you know, we've all been in golf a long yeah. time, but. Even now, going into a golf club sometimes, you'll walk in, say you're going to a meeting and it's just all men, isn't it? And your head heads will turn because it's, oh, there's a woman in here, it's Tuesday yeah. and it's yeah.
1: I've had two that o'clock. exact same experience <laughs> yeah. as I'm sure we all have. On the driving range, lots of men in each bay and you walk down to the end bay and they turn and look, not necessarily meaning anything, but... no oh there's a female or there's a woman on the the range and it, sh- it needs to become normal mm-hmm. it is again becoming that way but slowly but surely we've got to kind of keep moving moving on moving forward I think the thing that
3: we need to remember as a sport is that it actually only takes one negative experience at a golf club to impact that person's journey within the sport um, and that's across that's not just women specific that's across the board but um, as women we're generally more likely to have that negative experience and actually we need to really change and think about how we're accepting people into the sport um, and how to make that as positive experience as possible especially if you've only got one or two ladies coming in on their own or women coming in on their own you've really got to think about that environment
2: and what their um, experience is going to be like mm. especially for younger girls yeah. I think as well Hundred percent. that's really important
1: I think reflecting on that, I know I've had conversations with Daisy and Alice and myself before about our experiences as a junior and how we can remember things from vividly from 10, 15, 20 years ago as a girl golfer and yes we have some positive experiences but unfortunately those negative experiences have stuck with us but interestingly for me it's what's driven me to go into the career Mm -hmm. and I'm sure the same for you both as well but it's driving us to try and change the sport and make it positive experience for girls within the game
3: yeah 100% agree that I mean my experience through golf hasn't always been a positive one um but it's something that's made me stronger as an individual and made me want to make changes to be able to make it more accessible for other people
0: well, hopefully that, yeah, having that experience, you know, within our team hopefully helps the next generation that you've had negative experiences and are still putting the positive back. But I mean, to end on a positive note, <laughs> um, what, what are your kind of, I suppose, favourite, either favourite projects you've worked on for the Gold Foundation or favourite memories of kind of moments when you've seen girls and seen the sort of difference that you make and kind of have that, that magic moment to put words in your mouth? <laughs>
3: I can start this one. <laughs> um, so we did a girls celebration day um, for the Solheim Cup and it was absolutely brilliant. We got girls um, ranging from five, six years old all the way up to 18, massively um, varying in ability. Um, and we had face painting, photo booth, um golf time. We had competitions, prizes, and it was just a great day. Everyone enjoyed themselves. It wasn't about... Um, how good at golf you were, it was just about being there, enjoying it, being
2: part of it, and really just a celebration of girls' golf. Brilliant. For me, I think it was, um, it was probably about eight, nine years ago now, was the creation of Girls' Golf Rock, because I'm being involved in that first pilot project in Essex, um, and really having a collaborative project uh, which hadn't really happened before um, between all golf organisations to really focus on girls' golf um, within a county.
0: Mm.
1: For me, I think, again, some great examples are, and for me, sort of top, particularly with the girls' celebration days, one of the other projects that stands out is creating a girls' golf sixes league and seeing young girls go out and play on the golf course for the first time, make friends, hugging each for a high five, so not only developing their golfing skill over the season, but developing personal skills, confidence, growing creating friends that they'll hopefully keep for a lifetime. But what's also been really good working on that project is that we've now got three dads that are managing the teams because they want to see their girls participating in golf. And it's really nice as well from a succession planning perspective. And again, coming back to the original point, it's not always about women driving golf forward having men involved as well I think can be really powerful Mm -hmm. and but for me that's probably one of my highlights at the Gold Foundation seeing how we've got Gold Sixers League and how we are supporting girls within that program.
4: Yeah for me over the past couple of years it's been great to work with Stacey on the Gold Foundation Girls Leadership Programme um, which has given across those two years about 40 young girls the opportunity to hear about career opportunities in the sport get to work together as teams and learn some really great value leadership skills and and from that we've now got a panel of girls who do help shape our initiatives and drive our programs forward and we are listening to them to understand what it is that they think we can do to really influence this area in the future
0: too which is great brilliant Well, thanks very much. And uh, yeah, happy Women's Golf Day to all. But thanks for, yeah, thanks for taking the time to share your wisdom with others. And uh, yeah, keep up the good work.
2: Thank you. Thank
4: you.
0: you. Some very interesting points there from our RDO team. And I'm delighted after doing a bell-free face-to-face to to say I'm joined by our Head of Fundraising, Vanessa Bell, on the wonders of modern technology. We're both sat in our living room, our office, or whatever we are, on Zoom, having a chat. So, Vanessa, thank you for joining us for a chat to celebrate Women's Golf Day. How are you? Yes, I'm not too bad, Mark,
5: thank
0: you. Excellent. And happy birthday to your dog, Vanessa, just telling me her dog turned one. Over the weekend or today? Is it today? It's today, yes. It's today, your dog's birthday. Happy birthday to your dog. What's your dog's name? Bo. Bo. Nice. <laughs> and is your, your dog female? Yes.
5: Yes, yeah, she is. It's a very important day in our household celebrating our dog's birthday, I can tell you.
0: There we go. So we go. Yeah. Very good. I <laughs> won't well, we go down this rabbit hole. I'm going to keep talking about your dog. But anyway, we are focusing on Women's Golf Day. Um, and well, I mean, I, I do you want to introduce yourself? Talk about your background? Do you want me to introduce you? We're going to, obviously, you've got your title and your name, but your background in golf and the rest of it. Do you want to give a quick summary?
5: So, um... Basically, my dad and my brother both played, and my mum wanted to learn the game, but she didn't want to go by herself, so I was dragged along for company. So I started at the age of 11 and didn't really enjoy it particularly because when we then went on to join the golf club, I was only one of two junior girls, and it was flooded with... Boys at the time, and at the age of 11, it's not really conducive for encouraging girls uh, into that environment. However, I then built up my confidence because I got better in the game. I then saw an article in Women in Golf about scholarships to America when I was about the age of 14, and it really inspired me to become better and get my handicap lower because I just wanted to get over to the States, um, to university. So at the young age of 17, I trotted off over to Alabama and with my clubs and embarked on a university um, college degree uh, on a golf scholarship and stayed over there. And after I graduated, I went to go work in a country club where my swing coach was and sort of fell into the professional ranks. Um, I went to qualifying school and managed to bag myself a conditional card and played on the feeder tour to the LPGA. Um, I had a handful of starts over there, but life on tour was quite difficult. I didn't have um, a sponsor over there. And um, so sort of came back Um, over to Europe back in sort of 2004 after a 10 year stint over in the States. Not on tour that was, that was collegiate and sort of like professional.
0: Nice, that was a very good detailed summary. Did you play when you came back (laughs) over here or did you then go into the world of the boring world of work
5: as it were um Rather no I didn't cold. actually <laughs> no I um I then came back and went to qualifying school for the ladies European tour and again I had a conditional card but um there was also the Scandinavian tour um that I played on too and I also played down um in South Africa but I was really lucky because I um joined forces with um Oceanico group so they were my sponsor so I had no responsibilities a fantastic sponsor and the opportunity to play um, some starts on the ladies European tour on the Scandinavian tour and down in South Africa so the golfing world was my oyster and I had some backing and I also did some stuff um, with the marketing um, department with um, Oceanico group so um, I had a fantastic time trying my hand on the professional tour um, with some backing as well
0: brilliant that sounds fun yeah it was amazing yeah And then you obviously went into the world of work and fundraising and now you're with the Golf Foundation on the fundraising side. I mean, obviously there's a lot to, it's a lot of a journey to talk about from when you first started to where you are now. But I mean, how has the kind of, it's hard to put a finger on how the women's world of golf has changed. But when you were saying you joined as one of two girls at a golf club and now we're working for a company where we encourage more girls into golf and there are more girls in golf at certain places a long way to go as we've discussed but is it something you have seen more of more opportunities for women in golf and things like that as I say there is a long way to go but is he, have you seen that progress and that change
5: definitely um I think the club where I was at now we have a fantastic junior program. Obviously, I'm keen to boast that we uh, work with the golf foundation, and so there's a lot of input from ourselves into uh, the golf club where I'm a member. And I'm so,
0: golf club, but you can you can give a shout out. <laughs> oh, Ipswich
5: Golf Club! <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, we have a fantastic junior programme, firstly. And secondly, there is a lot of emphasis in getting more junior girls. So there is um, a a great um, camaraderie Uh, throughout the girls and so they don't only sort of cater for uh obviously playing golf but they also create friendships which I think is massive for girls so you know during the winter months they do things like go up to the golf club and, and do a little bit of golf maybe putting but they also do things like you know um Uh, Nail painting and makeup, or facials and stuff like that. So it's just creating friendships, so that girls don't have that barrier of worrying about who they're going to go up to the club and see. They know that they're going to go up there and have friends. So um, that's, I think, is a huge help. So that would have been massive for my, like myself, um, back when I was playing, because that was a huge barrier for me going up to the golf club when I was a junior myself.
0: Yeah, that's interesting things I was saying about the kind of extracurricular activities, as it were, that the girls are doing outside of golf. Um, not that golf is a curricular activity, but it's interesting having those extra offers that you didn't have. I mean, when you were saying, I find it really interesting that you said, you kind of went along and there was only a couple of girls and you were dragged by your family kicking and screaming. And you were saying you didn't enjoy it, but you kept going which I suppose on the on the golfing side what what was it that brought you but was it just you sort of actually just quite enjoyed the game you didn't realize you did or just the sort of you just kept getting dragged kicking and screaming over and over again until you what what was the sort of the reason you kept going because I did lots of stuff when I was a kid did it once hated it never did it again so what, what kept you going I suppose uh
5: my family were members at the golf club so uh... I was going to be left at home on my own. So I, I guess was sort of dragged up to the golf club, basically. Um, it's where I went uh, to get sort of fed and watered, I suppose. And, you know, back then you had to be a member of the club to be able to go up there. And so I think membership was about £10 a year. And so I went up to the club because I was a member and I just was sort of forcefully encouraged to participate and sort of was pushed over those barriers, I suppose. Mm. Um, but...
0: it's, a, it's a, I keep saying it's an interesting point, but it is. But it's an interesting point talking about the wider world of getting girls into golf, that the reality, I suppose, not just girls, I mean, this would be boys, young boys as well, but the reality that you're talking about there is it isn't always going to be... You know, little johnny age eight just loved golf he saw it on tv and he wants to play a lot of it will be went down because the family are members or the dad or mum is a member so got sort of dragged along and eventually fell in love so it's interesting i suppose learning for clubs to be welcoming to families rather than just yeah your kid can come along if they're a member or if they can play but actually don't you know, just let them in let them soak up the sort of atmosphere and slowly pick it up and that kind of thing seems like you know it worked it worked for you so it works for others i guess
5: yeah and uh, i suppose that's the point of what we're trying to do as a charity now mm-hmm. for is to make it appealing to people that weren't like me <laughs> look i don't want to say that i was dragged and forced into it because obviously <laughs> there that kept me going as well it sounds terrible <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't such a dreadful experience because obviously I went back. There was a point where I got over sort of like Mm -hmm. those areas and I loved it. I mean, the the summers that I spent at the golf club, I mean, I was dropped off in the morning. I spent hours there, you know, cheesy chips, 36 holes, dropping balls. (laughs) ridiculous places sort of um, under trees and thick long grass and having competitions trying to get it out as my um you know my coach now says it's the seven golden summers of junior life that makes you good it, you know it's it's those um those times that you spend at the golf club that that make you you know a decent golfer I suppose when when you're older um but uh, you know, it was that time that, that I absolutely love. So y- you kind of get over that, but it's, it's those first sort of, I don't know, year or month or, or whatever that, that is difficult that you have to get over. And so it's the encouragement and, and the fun and the extracurricular stuff to golf, I suppose, for girls making it social, mm-hmm. a nail painting or facials or whatever, the extra fun stuff just to try and encourage kids to get to the golf club. Um, you know, that that we try to do, yeah. I suppose.
0: And I think that that's the interesting thing about the charity, about what we do and about golf in the wider, you know, obviously we do a lot of work with the Home Nations, we do very close to everything in golf, we work with the RNA, we work with the tours, and it's it's interesting that they all have definitely opened up more to we want to grow the game to everyone, obviously, but to all levels of golfer. And it isn't just about, get people playing so that they will become brilliant at golf and get a low handicap it's actually you no know, play because it's great and you're talking that it's great for social and it's great for life and you know we at the foundation do a lot of stuff up well-being and it's it isn't just start playing golf because you can go and make loads of money and <laughs> get on the uh, Saudi tour that we don't talk about and you know it's like the, the the pot of gold at the end it's kind of showing kids that no you're playing because it's fun and you play with your friends and we're not trying to say that you will get better but you might not it doesn't matter it's not about that and I think for a lot of kids that's a barrier originally because they think clubs aren't welcoming and I'm not good at golf but then you know magnify that even more for a lot of young girls where they're like um, a it's not welcoming and b there's not many girls playing so again I suppose that's kind of something that we are trying to change And we're seeing it change so is that kind of something you've seen in your time i suppose is there a bit of that reward for want of a better word that you kind of see you are seeing us making that difference uh
5: definitely i think so the um you know one thing i would say for my time is that the junior competition um and you know, sort of like traveling around the country or to to different competitions. You know, I've made friends for life. So, um, you know, I've had friends from Gloucestershire, from Sheffield, from, you know, all over the country that I'm still friends with today, who, you know, I haven't seen in years that I could meet tomorrow and talk, like, talk with them like I've only seen yesterday. So I think that you can strike friendships up in golf. Um, that you will have for life so not only is it a game for life but you can have friendships for life from it as well because it's such a common ground that you can talk about Um, I think that the landscape for junior girls is definitely changing I think that women's golf is definitely changing it's a lot more prevalent it's on tv you see more women um, involved in the game Um, there's you know groups um, you know social media is definitely helping there's you know groups on Facebook Um, there's on social media you see photos um, of girls and women playing so uh, I think all of that encourages girls and women to play Um, and you know the more you see uh, women and girls playing it then hopefully the more encouragement it gives others to pick up a club and try it and get involved because then you know that you're not alone and um we are as a um social um type of people a herd <laughs> I can't think what it is
0: like <laughs> <was> <laughs> if people are more sheep than shepherds the kind of
5: that's it that's what I was trying to go my, my- phrase. Terrible.
0: <laughs> yes, yeah, speak, obviously speaking around Women's Golf Day and the change of young girls and women in golf and the landscape. You obviously recently completed your. I try and get the title right. The rna Women in Golf Leadership Program. Is that that right?
5: Program. Yes. Yes.
0: Oh, so close. Do you um? Yeah. What? What? I suppose. What did that entail? What? What are the learnings from that? And the what? what talk. Talk us through it. I guess. I guess.
5: Um, so the in line with the rna women in golf charter so it is to get more women in leadership roles Um, and to encourage more girls and women um, into golf. The RNA Women in Golf Leadership Development Programme uh, is designed to give skills to women, obviously in leadership roles within the um, golf industry. And so I was lucky enough to be part of this programme, and it's a year-long programme. It was just great to see and work with inspiring women from loads of different facets. From the golf industry basically um and we all met at st andrews for our graduation and delivered our projects that we'd been working on together in our project teams and i just think what the rna are trying to do to encourage more women working in the industry is just um, another area that will help women and girls in golf
0: yeah nice and with the stand the stands were up for the 150th open weren't they
5: Oh, it an was inspiring just amazing! Too. Yeah, yeah, it was fantastic. Having never been to St. Andrews before, um, it was just amazing. I can't wait to go back.
0: Yeah, oh, I imagine that's quite quite an inspiring place to go and complete any kind of program. But um, yeah, and I guess talking talking of programs, there's a fluid segue into the next part. The um, yeah, uh, you know what what are the kind of do you have any? And if you don't, that's fine. But your kind of particular favourite programs or pieces or things you've worked on for the foundation that you know you'd be if someone said put your finger on it a favorite memory or a favorite thing you've done
5: I have two Mark
0: <laughs> that's a very professional answer you go go ahead <laughs> them both, I have much.
5: two so um from well from the fundraising Christmas campaign that we did we raised money to deliver the Crowland uh, Blah. From our fundraising Christmas campaign, we raised funds to deliver the Crowlands um, project, um, which culminated in a festival, which I went down to visit. And there were five schools that basically came and uh, to a school f- school's festival. Um, and our ambassador, Nicola Bennett came. And uh, it was just fantastic to see all the kids, um and Nicola uh just sort of playing golf um doing you know doing all of our activities and it was loud it was colorful uh the kids were having fun and some of you know the comments that they were making about they loved it because they didn't have to be the strongest or the fastest or they had to yeah. about what they were doing um it just sort of like encapsulated everything I think that we tried to do um in golf and that was great because it was one of our fundraising activities that basically delivered something and so that for me was fantastic because obviously I look after fundraising and that kind of you mm. know really nicely was the that other one, big was that a big give or was
0: that a different um thing? yeah yeah that was the big give oh, no, so, no.
5: yeah so that was that was fantastic so we've got another one obviously running this Christmas so um
0: get involved watch this space <laughs> watch this yeah. like you know, never
5: one to shy away from a yes. fun plug
0: <laughs> yes. you will hear more from us before then yeah <laughs> exactly
5: um and then the other one obviously um is fundraising and, and that's just talking about bringing people together to play golf and have fun and that's our goodwood Uh, golf foundation sixes and you know obviously it's a charity fundraising day and what we try to do is bring all the fun crazy elements of our junior activity into a charity golf day so we take away the seriousness of it and um, we put it into our flagship day um, which is held at Goodwood this year and so um, the past uh, couple of years well minus the COVID interruption um, that's also fun because we bring together um all the adults to um sort of you know fundraise um to help us deliver our programs basically and that um from the flip side is also really great fun as well
0: yeah i mean i've heard I've, obviously i've heard about the goodwood day but i haven't uh i've only just obviously come along this year so i've never seen it in action and i know the goodwood day it, it's kind of having been on golf days before and got charity golf days it sounds like a quite a unique offering because it's through you know you've got the six holes of one way of playing and scoring and doing your activity and then six holes of another way and then six holes of another way kind of thing. So it's quite a uh, unique and interesting offer that I think is, for people who sort of go to these days and have these offers, it's quite fun, I suppose, having something slightly different. And Goodwood seems pretty amazing. As I say, I've never been there, but it looks spectacular. Yeah. When is it this year?
5: It's on the 1st of September. So it's
0: definitely one to get involved
5: for sure. But
0: oh, the team Sign up was... now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the call to arms, call to action is there. Sign up. I know. Exactly. Um, okay, brilliant. Well, I will. I know you're busy, so I will let you crack on with fundraising. um But yeah, thanks for that. That's really interesting, and as, as I sort of say, it's very interesting to hear from from women in golf on this on this day of Women's Golf Day and We've got some very inspiring women in the team, so it's nice to have a chat and share your story. So thanks for giving up your time. And uh, yeah, thank you.
5: You're very welcome.
0: So there we have it, the end of our very first Golf Foundation podcast. Thanks for listening, and hope you enjoyed our Women's Golf Day special. We'll be back for future podcasts and hope you tune in again to hear more interviews with more inspirational voices from across the game and let us know if there's anyone you particularly want us to speak to and get in touch with. Do give us a follow across our social channels uh, and visit our website to find out more about what we do and how you can get involved. Our website is wwwgolf and we are on all social channels, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, so do give us a follow. For now, thanks for listening and we'll be back soon. Cheers!